Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. It's been so long <laughs> since we've been together. So long. God, I have man. not died in these three weeks or two weeks, but I've come close. Trust me. Really? It's been a rough couple of weeks. I don't know about... I heard that butthole was retrograding or something. Uranus was retrograding. I think <laughs> no, that's what happened. No. That's, what, that's what happened to me. My butthole was retrograding. Uranus was in retrograde, huh? Yes, Uranus. Sounds no, I, So I'm having the worst couple of weeks, and somebody tells me that. Some fucking idiot hippie in Malibu. Oh, so you know that they didn't talk like that. I'm talking like Spicoli. You know that um, uh, you know that um, Uranus is in in retrograde, or Mercury is in retrograde. Yeah, it's Mercury. I was like, that has yeah. nothing to do with why people are assholes and greedy and selfish. <laughs> no, it's an excuse. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> Mercury's so in retrograde. It's, it's been one thing after another. Like I can't get into all of it, but it involves taxes and work and blah blah blah, and moving and blah 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 and money and blah 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 and taxes and blah 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 and money but then i'm sitting here yesterday kind of dealing with all this kind of you know everybody who's listening you know what you just go through the tumbler you're in the barrel or whatever everybody gets their bet, turn in the barrel yeah, in that's the barrel. for sure I'm in the barrel for the last two weeks so i'm sitting here christy comes running and says there's a mountain lion outside a mountain lion, <laughs> all a right. fucking mountain lion, on top of all my problems. What'd you, you do? Move, uh, you should just move to a zoo. <laughs> no, it's like a real. So like, apparently they were up on a hike. I, I, we're gonna get we're gonna get into what's been going on physically here at the forest, you know, compound. But they were up the hill. And Sydney looked across and said, there's a bobcat. And Chrissy looked and said, that's not a bobcat. Oh. It's a fucking six foot long mountain lion is roaming around here, around our house. Right. <laughs> they can that's... kill you, right? Like, I'm not scared of bears. I'm not scared of bears. I'm fucking, I don't, not scared of coyotes at all. Bobcats make me nervous because they're not scared of people. But mountain lions are fucking frightening. Are they aren't not, Chuck? Aren't mountain lions also panthers? Are uh, they? What are I they? Think, I think so. I thought I thought mountain lions are also panthers. But mountain lions, absolutely, they've got teeth that are designed they to sever your your vertebrae. Yeah. I thought mountain lion was an operating system on Macintosh. So apparently, though, they just attack chihuahuas is what we've heard. They just uh, grab chihuahuas and run away. So we're just, it's a whole neighborhood watch. The guy across the road, the dirt road in the creek, he caught him last night on his nature cam, like what Martine has. And we're all mm. looking at the video. The people down by the road that have a bunch of kids like us, they saw it. But it walks along the hillside and then it just comes down and gets something and goes back up. I just don't want one that's something that it gets to be our dog or one of my kids. Well, me, well the, me the kids 50, most. How about the, the kids me first? Me, I'm 50 50 yeah. about. Like at this point, <laughs> a couple of weeks I had, 
What would be better for the grand finale of me than he got killed by a mountain lion? <laughs> that would be kind of cool when you're thinking about it. I mean, it's like, how did Bob oh, go? He shit. got eaten by a mountain lion, also known as cougar, <laughs> puma, panther, or catamount. So they're all the same thing? Yeah. Dude, this thing is fucking huge. Its arm is as big as your leg. Like, it's as thick as your leg. These are yeah. big cats. Anyways. So there's mountain lion around here, but the main, the main personal thing around here is we got a dog, Elvis and Sydney. We got to get a dog. When are we getting a dog? When Idris can't be knocked over. Well, that's going to be never. We got to get a dog. So me and Sid have been going to pound after pound. And we finally found this beautiful, most loving, affectionate dog. And we sent it to the dog trainer. It's still a little wild. And then finally I said, you know what? Fuck it. This way that people raise animals these days, is not the way that animals were raised when we were kids. And Mike, your dog's not on a leash. So I just said, fuck it. We're just going to let the dog do whatever it wants. We've been doing that for like four days. It's fine. It's still a little crazy in the house, but like, fuck it. Let it go outside and run around. What what kind of dog is it, Bob? And how big is it? It's a terrier. It's about 40 pounds. It's pretty, it's pretty good size. It's a great same snowball after the uh, white rabbit in, that Kevin Hart plays in the Secret oh, Life of Pets. The Secret Life of Pets is fantastic. So snowball, <laughs> but but what we were trying to do, we're trying to make it do like what humans in the inner city want it to do: walk on a leash, don't jump up, don't do this. Here's some some treats in my hand, so you'll do what I want you to do. No, go outside, you fucking dog, and then come back when you're calm. <laughs> Go feed, go. go feed so, the mountain lion so that's worked for like four days until this mountain lion thing and now we got the dog and the dog yeah. run and everybody's running back there is the dog okay the mountain lion didn't climb down in there and eat the dog did it oh, the mountain lion will cl- is the oh, is it dog run a top open no yeah oh yeah oh yeah the mountain lion can climb over that you know yeah, I know. So the dog run was also the bunny run, if you recall, Mike. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, I, but that was more like a bobcat got that. So anyways, I live in nature. It's never ending. And so then we're talking to the guy across who's like a geologist at uh, Cal State LA. And he said, the mountain lions are trying to get further and further away from like Pasadena. Uh, Sierra Madre because there's so many cars and so much people so they're moving down and they moved down this winter because the bears are hibernating because it's so cold the bears mm. don't hibernate you know this is the coldest winter we've had in a long time it, it really I, is if you're and, paying attention. and there's more coming I know it might snow here at my house is what they're saying let's see yeah my uh my brother-in-law with the, the property up north, he got he got a bunch of snow. He had his dogs playing in it, and that doesn't very often happen in Humboldt. Yeah, so snow is coming. Well, snow is coming to twenty five hundred feet, and we're not that high up, but it might it might snow and just melt on the ground. So we're waiting. Um, you know that in Bob Forrest's house, if there's snow, it's a snow day for school. You know that we're not going to school if there's snow. Absolutely. Out, you know, whether Claremont <laughs> district wants to make it a snow day, it's a fucking snow day. If we can just walk up the hill and there's snow, you know, how great is that? Uh, yeah. Hey, even if it was a 10 minute drive from home, it's something to experience. It may not happen again for a long time. Yeah. Just like we've got, we've got all this cold here in the, I saw the, uh, in, uh, Venice, 
all the um, channels, all the what are they, the waterways in Venice are all dried up? Yeah, they got a low tide or something. But get this, get this. So I keep track of Anaheim. I have the Anaheim weather thing, which is not far from Huntington Beach. Right. Um, it was like 38 at Disneyland the other day. 38, like at 7 in the morning. Oh, no, it's not designed for things like that. Well, I was thinking I should go there. There's nobody going to be there. That's fantastic. Uh, Disneyland in the rain is great. Rainy days are the best there. But yep. 38, that's low. Dude, you guys are... For, you, last winter, the lowest it got was like 42, 44. So it's like, this, this is like... That's a big difference, four degrees in the heat deep of winter. So this yeah. is the coldest it's been. And, and I know this because our gas bill was $907. $907. Yeah, that was the jacked up month. This, this coming month is supposed to be back down. Because they, everybody had like triple what they normally pay too. Couldn't it we was just, just ridiculous. do that? Why don't we do that with rehab? Oh, the cost of doing rehab just went up this month. We're going to charge like $200,000 for treatment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. We you need should. it. You need it. If you need it, you need it. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're going to need 150 grand. Oh, prices went back down. Now it's back down to 50. Okay. <laughs> okay. How lucky are you? How lucky are you that you're only paying fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> the guy next to you, he just <laughs> he just paid two hundred thousand uh, dollars. How can the gas company do that? Dude, I had, insane. A, I, I had a guy ask me that today. He goes, "How come we're not going to like Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm?" <laughs> I was like, "Are you wait, dude? You know where you are. You're in treatment." <laughs> how, come, how come we're not going he thought that if he if he f came out to california we all just go to like disneyland every day and that's that very farm and that reminds me like so the original aloe house that we had was just evan and jared sober living it was called the yellow house and it was on the beach side of pch right and and it had a trail that went down to the beach, right? So when I'm trying to get this friend of mine to come from New York out here, a friend of Ann Dagnellis, Mike, like for for months and maybe a year, I was talking to him. He's high. Oh, he turned it around. Oh, he got relief money from 9-11 or what, you know, like he's always junky maneuvering, right? So like a year, I'm talking to the guy, you know, like how it is. You both have mm -hmm. real people in. So, you know, you talk like two nights out of three and then you don't talk for like three weeks. And then he's like, dude, I fucked up. My girlfriend left me. You know, it just went on and on and on. And I told him, there's, you can walk to the beach from our house, dude. You can walk like it's like trying to, you know, bribe or whatever you, by ever, by, by any means necessary to get him to come out here from New York and just go to treatment. Right. So he finally comes out like a year after I gave up, I walk into work. <laughs> there he is. And he goes, were you lying to me? And I was like, you know, because uh -huh. you will lie to an addict to get him to go to treatment. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out what lie are you talking about? That it's going to get better? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> it's not, it's not going to get better right away. Um, so I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you can't walk to the fucking beach from here. And I go, oh, no, that was a different house. And he just refused the whole time to believe me that that was <laughs> that we didn't have. And he's like, I conned him to come out here telling me he could walk to the beach. Like, that's why people go to treatment because they can right. walk to the beach or they can go to right. Disneyland or they can, 
they can have their phones or <laughs> Dude, like it's insane. That is so funny because I just had a guy go because we we um, we relinquished our property in Sunset in Sunset Beach, where you yeah. know it's you can you know it's right across Pacific uh, Pacific Way and it's on. I know. The beach I went. Side of I went with. I went with Warren to look at that house when he first got it. I know. So that it's 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 beautiful, right? And he goes he goes. Man, this house you got me stuck in, I might as well be in Texas. He's <laughs> just like, this is false advertising. And you see, you know, at the time when those pictures were taken, that was exactly true and correct. It's only been about two weeks that the property hasn't been ours. We are correcting the website. This is this, and I said, so that's the only reason you came? No, well, it, was part, it was part, it was of, part of it. Part of it. It's just not it all has of nothing it. to do with it. What they'll say, it has nothing to do with it. You lied to me. Or yeah. They make it all about lying. lying. Yeah. So get Liars this. always get do. <laughs> so Gloria Scott used to say, and then it happened to her actually, that if you're told you have cancer, you don't go, uh, uh, well, is there is there a beach at the chemotherapy place? Is it close <laughs> to the beach? <laughs> Yeah, how long until we get our phones back? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's uh, that's that's the same constant. thing in mental health. Like people think mental health is so much different. I worked in mental health. It's not that much different. The first thing that like a floridly psychotic person wants to know once you kind of get some whatever it's called, the stuff they shoot them up with uh, out of van and they calm down is if if they can if they can have a cigarette they want no they want cigarettes right like <laughs> dude you're just like running naked through downtown pasadena be psychotic <laughs> might want to focus on something a little more important in life than cigarettes but you know that's what the first thing they want to know I, I need to get cigarettes. How do you get cigarettes here? Like, uh, dude, you just, you just were in the fucking Pasadena jail out of your mind, banging uh, your head against the bars. And now yeah. you want a cigarette. You had some Ativan and now you want a cigarette. What's <laughs> funny is how much are more, the people that lean more towards mental health, how much they smoke compared to the people that are just addicts. I don't alcoholics. know, Mike. Do you remember me bringing a blind guy around? Now, it sounds like bad, bringing a blind guy around. Do you remember an old Did you tell him the, the house was on the beach? Was, no, he was, no, he was a friend of mine. He was an acquaintance of mine that I met at Argyle, Franklin and Argyle, whatever that church meeting. And then I would drive him because I was a do-gooder, one-year sober guy. And I would pick him up. He was at this nursing home at uh, like Normandy and Sunset, right by the original Zanku Chicken. And there was a nursing home there. And I pick him up. And this guy smoked so fucking much that his fingers, his middle finger and his pointer finger were just stained, not orange, black. Like black. <laughs> like he had regular skin. And then it just became black at his first knuckle of his middle finger to the tip. Just black. And he would, he would light. You know, he's like 65. Oh, my God. I'm 62. Oh, oh my God. My. That, he was super oh old. Oh, my. He was about to say. Hey, that's, he that's still three super. years away, Bob. It's impossible. <laughs> and it's going to go know. like that. It's going to go like that. That's so the other side part. <laughs> he was the guy. And the, uh, the original AAs that I went to in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, they did this. 
they would light a new cigarette with the old cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. fucking crazy. So he was blind, so he didn't know his fingers were black. No, I know. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But do you remember but they, that guy? But I brought you, if you him watched Saturday morning. I yeah, brought him to Saturday remember, morning. Yeah, I remember. He was a good guy. He was sober. You know, he was sober. But gosh, darn, that was weird, the, the cigarette smoking. And then he knew where we were going. Like, I was going by this girl's house to drop something off and we weren't going right to uh you know he could sense where we're going and he goes hey where hey where are you going and i was like oh i have to go drop something off and i realized like it is true like if you lose one sense it hyper activates your other sense right mm -hmm. so he knew for a fact hey we're not going where you said we're going we're not going sounds sounds and smells and all that West. he adapted yeah, really yeah. well huh I was just but, up in LA last on Friday at a meeting on New Hope and uh, almost Hollywood Boulevard at a church. It was cool. Oh, you mean uh, Gardner? Way over in the residential um, area? It's a in great a residential church? area. A great it's, church? Yeah, it's called no New New Hope on New Hampshire. Is the name of the meeting. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been there That's a long way, time. Yeah, it's in a basement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's been around, around for, for yeah forever. It was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I I enjoyed it. That that meeting, you had to start get there early to save a seat, and I was like, "Fuck that! I'll go to one where you don't have to save a seat. I don't care." We all wore masks, but but the, it, there's it was packed, right? It's packed. It was there. packed, but I got a, I got a seat. I got there late because I had to park. Like I had to go down and park around the corner. And, and I, I have got there great early. faith. Yeah, it's hard to park there and it's all packed and you have to save a seat or whatever. So I have great faith that um, you don't even have to like start meetings because you don't like a certain meeting. You can just start it because the other one's too crowded. Doesn't that make common yeah. organic sense? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I started going to this meeting on Melrose by Heliotrope at the little white church. I think Mike used to go there too. Uh, right west of of Vermont on Melrose, I go there because there was only like eight people there. I'm like, yeah, oh, good. And, and then I could tell everybody I went to a meeting. Um, <laughs> it's true. Did, did, did it end when everybody? No, shared? let's let's be honest. Let's go through the meeting kind of relationship with meetings, right? So I went to meetings out of re. I went to meetings with Brendan Mullen. He started driving me to meetings because he was trying to get sober and like. 84 and i liked it because there was cool people there i remember one of my first meetings when the girls from saturday night live held my hand in the prayer and i was like huh, i could do this i can do that <laughs> you know what i mean and then and uh jenny wright was one of the first speakers that brendan took me and anthony to and we, i remember jenny oh, wright the actress. she was yeah I, I could be a part of this at um, Fountain and Fountain in Fairfax, but I, just, I was an I didn't extra want... in a movie that Jenny Wright was a star. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, but I didn't want to stop drinking. That was a big problem of being an AA. Like in '84, I would. <laughs> the I, big problem I, was I that you had to stop drinking. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I know, didn't like a, that. It's I liked great, except for that not the, drinking thing. I liked everything about the social environment, <laughs> the support, God, the cool people. If we just people. had a drink, it'd be perfect. Yeah. Well, and then and then somebody that ended up being Mike's sponsor said, "Doesn't say anything in the book about stopping drinking." And I was like, just, "Really? It doesn't." <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I got the book to make sure. <laughs> it, does, mm. it does not. It does not say you it have says, to stop It says drinking. a desire, a desire yeah. to stop drinking. <laughs> so, but, so I would go to Third and Gardener on Saturday mornings because it was really the cat's meow place to be in the, in the mid-80s. So I would go there. And then there was a little liquor store on the way back from my house because I could walk there. I lived at Gardner and Fountain. It was at Fairfax and Fountain. I could walk there. Very exciting. Very cool. All cool people. People in bands. You know, just really cool, fun environment. No desire to stop drinking. Just like telling people, yeah, I'm in AA because that would that would calm people down. Like, oh, he's going to <laughs> AA. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank God he's going to AA. <laughs> I caught on to that thing. I would tell my ex-wife, I would tell my girlfriend, I would tell, you know, uh, Brendan, who was kind of like a father to me, like, yeah, I'm going to AA. I went to a meeting the other night. So I got in this state of mind right off the bat of telling everyone I'm going to meetings. It was very important. And it made them feel better for some reason. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I did. The 32nd Street, the Newport Alano Club. I, I, my mom and dad would give me their car and some money if I was going there. <laughs> and then I'd go to Malarkey's afterwards and, and yeah, order yeah. vodka on yeah, the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they never bothered me when I so came back. So that was my first relationship with it. And then I just faded away as, you know, Mike joined the band and we kind of became uh, rock and rollers, and all the crack <laughs> and everything. Yeah, I kind of left that initial kind of quaintness of AA behind. And that landed me in rehab in like 88, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I I got to go because you just were in a place for like a month. You got to go to AA. And then other friends of mine were going. And, but we were going like it was punishment. Let's face it. So initially I'm going because I'm attracted to the people. Not not sexually, just fun. Just fun. It was right. fun and cool people and whatever. But I had no intention of stopping totally drinking. Totally not attracted to Jenny Ryan sexually. Not at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Come on, uh, so so then there's there's that part of it. I you know, but Brendan and Doug Figer and like cool people were there. You know, anyway. So I'm attracted <laughs> to it. I like it. It's quaint, but I don't want to stop drinking. Then I gotta go because it's punishment. Because rehab, brainwashes you. Gotta punishment. go. <laughs> it's punishment. It's it was. punishment. <laughs> no, and then. I went in desperation out of cry help really and truly like it, you know, so in 91 it's punishment in 94 it's desperation. And I still can't stay sober. That is insanity. I was going to two meetings a day and couldn't stay sober. I had a sponsor. I was calling people. I just could not stop taking drugs. Right. 24. Just think of this. Gloria used to say, you know, don't even say 24 hours, just till you go to sleep. So whatever time you're wanting to use, all you got to look at is like 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. If it's like six o'clock in the evening and I want to use, I only have to make it six or seven hours. I couldn't even make it six or seven hours, Chuck. It was like right. 730. I was loaded. There's no, no way to stop it. And so I'm going in desperation, going every day. I went, I did 90, I think I did, I think I did more. I think I did like 94 and 90, but I skipped a couple of days and went to three in one day at Nalano, the Chandler Lodge. I went to three in one day to try to make it up. And then I felt guilty. I hadn't done 90 and 90. Then I told everyone I did 90 and 90. I actually 
did 96 in 90, but I didn't go two days. (laughs) (laughs) It just gets real weird. So I can't stay sober. Then I run away to Richmond. Then I run away and go to, and I go to rehab there and go to AA there. And then I can't stay sober and I land back here and in jail. And then I really wasn't a fanatic about meetings. I went, but I wasn't, it was nothing like being attracted to it. It was nothing like having it as punishment. And it was nothing like desperation. It was, I could see the value in choosing to go to tropical over just sitting at home and waiting to want to use. I could see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Like it took, you're talking about, it took like fucking 12 years to figure that out, to figure out the value of meaning of meetings to me. Right. 12 right, yeah. fucking years. And First, I just want to hang out so. with, <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> not Like 104 IQ. Go on now. So, so 12 years to figure out, I see the value in it. If I sit alone at home, I'll stew, I'll, I'll bum out. At best, I'll be depressed. At worst, I'll be loaded. So I'll go to a meeting. And then, I don't know. I, I The other valuable tool was my brain had this way of focusing on things I didn't like, focusing on things I disagreed with, focusing mm-hmm. on people I did not like. And Gloria said, you need to tune those people out and tune into the people you do like. Most valuable fucking thing in AA. Because yeah. it's the exact opposite of what most people tell you. Oh, you got to get, you know, you got to learn how to accept and blah, blah, blah. And no, like, no, yeah. Look, no. For this, look for the similarities. Look. Ignore the shit that, that pisses you off. Yeah. And so I just started and I, I met such great people. I met Floyd and Andy Clark and Pete and, and just really, I, I, I felt like a brothership with these guys and Maureen, right, Mike? Yeah. Maureen and you know, it was just like this really cool, the Sweet perfect pea. spot for Remember me. Sweet pea. It was a perfect spot for me, tropical. And I go there every night. And I went there every night for years and years and years. I know years. that place was wonderful, man. There was magic in that little back room. Yeah. And, and the if fact I, that it had a little pastry shop up front didn't hurt. Yeah. And I could leave if I didn't like what I was hearing. I could go sit in there. Cause you know, I would act like I'm going to, it was too much God. I would just act like I'm going to the bathroom and then go sit in the coffee house for like 10 minutes and <laughs> de- de-escalate. It was a, Cause it's so weird to hear your friends who, you know, are just idiotic moron musicians talking about their relationship with God. It just, <laughs> it's just too much for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's important for anybody to elaborate on their personal relationship. That's, <laughs> that's theirs. Tropical got really into God there for about a year. It was crazy. Like people and everybody like, jumps and would, on, huh? <laughs> and then, yeah, people in my band, I'd be like, dude, what did you say last night? That was like insane. <laughs> like, you know, I, I realize more and more that God does for me what I can't do for myself. <laughs> I'm like, no, get a fucking job. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. Uh, what are you doing for yourself? What, what year was that? Because you just said something that reminded me of something. 98. Okay, so this is long after. I didn't the, know. The, 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 here, here's what it is. Mike had moved to Long Beach by then. 
I think. But the year God hit Silver Lake was 1998. <laughs> Everybody was full of God all day long. All, like, uh, and yeah. so one night, one night uh, you know, because there was some of us that were agnostic or didn't think it was appropriate to keep talking about God. So I think Alexis picked me when there was really a lot of God talk. And I just said, I'm Bob, I'm an alcoholic. Um, and everybody was looking like, what is he going to say? And I said something so offensive about God. And I don't want to repeat it on the podcast. I know exactly <laughs> what it is. Okay. <laughs> and it was something that Flea had said years before. And so, uh, and all of a sudden, Hutch was sitting next to me, and he moved over and he looked up like lightning was going to strike me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, and just as quickly as the god shit came, it went, and they were all obsessed with you know housing prices and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just yeah, like that's... AA has this ability to just whatever's in the pop zeitgeist, it kind of integrates into AA. The, the sea changes are are interesting to watch because yeah, it does it, it fluctuates up and down with all sorts of stuff. And if you looked at that group, we we're all in our mid thirties, early thirties, when we got sober. By our late thirties, and got your credit together and got a job for five years, you're in the home buying thing. So all of a sudden, they go from you know a year or two sober, they're talking about God all the time. Four years later, they're talking about housing prices and interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> and those damn immigrants. <laughs> and they get all political all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. then, yeah, that was like 15 years later. I couldn't even. But I remember this one guy, and I didn't even know because I tune out most of it. And all of a sudden, I just heard, you know, I voted for Donald Trump. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? What? And I hadn't heard the beginning of this year, but I think it had been that people are rude to him and don't want to go to dinner with him or something. Like you got the sense like he was feeling uh, persecuted because of his Trump, uh, Trump thing. And I was just like, wow. And then COVID hit, boom, and it was gone. <laughs> the Trump shit just went yeah. out the window. And yeah, it was that- like, I can't believe some people you know, don't vote. They don't care. Da, da, da. I heard that speech from like, what? Uh, like that's a majority of Americans don't vote. You dumbass. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't think their vote matters. Did anybody like, talk about alcoholism? No, but that one guy out at, uh, Whitsit, it was called, I think out in the Valley, he'd always raise his hand at the end. He's an old, old guy, like 40 years sober. And he'd say, I'm going to say this because I didn't hear it today. He'd, he'd always do a burning desire. I'm a, what you call a real alcoholic defined in the big book of alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> and real. And I, I, yes. didn't, I didn't hear what I needed to hear today. And what I need to hear is I'm tore up from the floor, up my ass. Is up my whole, <laughs> he had a whole, he had a whole <laughs> I've been swan diving through my own asshole most of my life. Yeah. I'm a tore up, throw up, tore up, throw up alcoholic. I'm a real alcoholic. It's just oh, like Jesus. Jesus. It's just a bunch of soap opera actors trying to go to an AA meeting. Come on now. That is <laughs> funny. Friend, I think his name was John. He was he was my favorite guy. And uh, 
a very, very successful country musician would go there. And he, he was the same as me. He's kind of a cynical guy. And he would look at me and then we'd look over at the guy and just like, please raise your head for burning desire. Please, <laughs> so we can hear it one more time. One more time that you didn't hear what you need to hear today. Because you're a real alcoholic. You're tore up from the floor up. You're the type of thing that you'll drink uh, uh, mouthwash. You'll drink anything. You'll drink ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people great. are talking about their cats. Their cats. Uh, I, I I do I do really enjoy it. Jack calls it. They're walking hand in hand with Bill, Bob, and Jesus. And I love. <laughs> I do love. I do love that stage of people. Most people have that stage in their sobriety, and it's wonderful. It's when they're their nicest, except for when they're trying to convert you. But it, the reality sets in, and um, you know we have brains to use. What we, where I was going with that, I, I've been reading that uh, Jeff Drake book, and there's a couple quotes about you, Bob. I did not know you were the king of the Zero Club. Uh, yeah. Was I? I was. I was. Uh, I was there a lot. Um, uh, there's this thing, and it's. I, I, I gotta. I gotta read this because this is just all the stuff you were talking about. It's just a couple sentences. It said at the Zero Club. If the doorman, Bob Forrest, decided you were cool enough to get in, you paid $5 at the door and you could drink. Blah, blah, blah. There's a VIP room, but then there's another spot where they did, the Joneses did a uh, benefit show and they were guaranteed to get into the Zero Club for free if they did the benefit for the, yeah, yeah. For the Zero oh, yeah, Club. That was a, uh, yeah, but you, we never paid off on that. <laughs> no, he said, what he said was, we would never have to pay the cover and Bob Forrest would have to let us in whether he wanted to or not. Bob, Bob was the doorman who had kind of a Studio 54 thing going where he would deny entrance if for some reason the club exceeded capacity or if he were just in a mood. <laughs> and I was just like, Bob, Bob was the king. And this guy remembered it enough to How put it in the book falling? 30 years later. How am I falling to mountain lion fearful guy? <laughs> I know. You were the guy. You I was held, the king of you Hollywood. Held the velvet <laughs> you know, I got to tell you a funny story. So there was that la dee da thing. I'm going to turn the heater off. Oh my God. Uh, la dee da was a column that Pleasant and Craig Lee and who else wrote it? Shelly right? Dacuna. Shelly Dacuna. Yeah. Oh, the passing of Keith Levine. Oh, God. That was her husband. Um, so I hope she's hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, so Shelly. Craig Lee and Pleasant wrote this gossip column, uh, Chuck, and it was like it was like being in Interview Magazine if you were uh, in. It. <laughs> and so me and Flynn Anthony would always run like Wednesday night at four o'clock in the morning when they delivered the weekly to Hollywood Boulevard and get one and read La Dee Da right away to see that we were in it because if you were in it, <laughs> yeah, 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 like first thing you do is look for La Dee Da. And so me and Flea started counting how many times we've been in it. We have a competition mm -hmm. <laughs> to, uh, to between me and him. Me and Flea are very competitive. So me and him, who's been in it the most, or who has the most, con you know, things about them. And then we declared ourselves, and I think I was in it more, and I declared myself the king of Hollywood. And oh. then Anthony said, <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony from the back of the room said, "You might want to count mine." And I was like, no, no, he I don't. Far. He was <laughs> but he didn't even want to be it. I mean, if we wanted it so badly to be the number one body Don name mentioned, 
And Anthony well, Kiedis was more mentioned. Mike Mart was in there quite a lot. Mike Mart might have given Anthony Kiedis. to count mine first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I think we've got some research to do. If anybody out there has any extra time on their hands. <laughs> I want to count how many Lottie Daw columns you've been in to make oh you king God. of Hollywood. Well, that's nice that Jeff mentioned me. That's that. like They were a great band, but they were a great band for such a short period of time. Oh I man, can, the book they he went through like five drummers and like eight yeah. guitar players and wasn't rock in it? Rock was in it for a while, wasn't he? Wasn't rock vodka in it? I don't yes. know. Nikki B. Yeah, he was. Rock Nikki was Beats. in it. Mike yeah. didn't even know that his own drummer was in the Joneses. How many drummers? How many drummers did they have? <laughs> I think it was five. It, at some point, like I'm almost done with the book. At one point, he goes. I'm done keeping score because like every couple chapters, he goes, for those of you keeping score, that's two drummers, three guitar players, two bass players. And let me uh, let me pick let me pick how many the drummers. So Mitch from TSOL was a drummer for a while. Nikki Beat, obviously. Nikki Beat was also the drummer for the cramps, people forget. Nikki Beat was in the cramps. Yeah. Nikki, so Nikki right. so then I rock vodka was in it. Hey, Nikki Beat was in funeral too, you know that. Nikki was in funeral for one gig, probably uh, for a recording. Oh, there you go. Nikki beats the drummer on Round and Round by the Germs. Did you know that? Yeah, that's one of the greatest versions of a of a traditional rock song ever. Round and Round by the Germs, and Nikki's the drummer, I believe. Chuck might look that up on the computer right now. I, I'm I'm looking, but it's not anywhere near as complete as it should, should be. Just like everything Jones is, it doesn't get the Respect Dude, how great, All they've how got is great Jeff were the Drake, germs? Jeff Drake, Steve Olson, Steve Houston, Mitch Dean, Scott Franklin, Johnny Sage, John James. Oh Paul my Mars God! Let Black. me tell you, is Steve Houston uh, 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 still around? You see him? What I, happened? I, th I think he, he is around. Yeah, he's around. So I'm supposed to meet him at dinner in New York, and he had become Mister Something. He was like had a television commercial. He's Mister Wonderful or something. You can look it up. Like Houston was, he would ride on a skateboard and he, everything went right for him. And it was a television commercial for like insurance. And he was like, Mr. Perfect or Mr. Something. Yeah. And so I was supposed to meet him at the Italian restaurant that they filmed Angel Heart with Robert De Niro in with Anne Dagnell on the Lower East Side. And we we're supposed to meet him. He was getting in and he was going to take a cab straight from the airport to meet us for dinner. And he never showed up. And and uh, and then we found out that he he took a sidetrack on the way to the restaurant on the Lower East Side, and he bumped into some police officers. Uh, <laughs> hmm. uh, I don't know if that is that sanitized enough for you. I don't want to throw anybody under <laughs> the bus. So we, you know, we finally after an hour of waiting, we ordered dinner, we eat dinner, we're sitting there, and you know there wasn't text messages back then, and just like. I guess he's not showing up. And then Ann was pissed. Like, all you junkies, you're all the same. And we can't even have fucking dinner. We can't even show up for fucking dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We should have Ann on the show, Mike. Oh, my God, the stories she has. Because she had a place to stay. Well, yeah, she had an apartment <laughs> and she had a club called, what was it called? The living room or something? The kitchen. The kitchen. And it was like a after hours club. 
Yeah, it was called something like that. Remember Bone Man took heroin only one time and it was at that club? <laughs> yeah, I lived in that storefront for three months. <laughs> what? And had this club and we we played a regular gig then we're going to play there. Probably, I don't even know why, just to have fun or something. And it's the one time we got Chris Hansen to do heroin. It was... <laughs> That we got quite, him to do heroin. Well, he's in, a band, a, good friend. Four, he's in a band with four heroin addicts. The guy's got to try it one time, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. Taking off his clothes. He took off his clothes, which I don't get. I get taking off your clothes when you're stoned on pot. I don't get it when you're uh, on heroin. And then it was on the first floor of this this really bad building, like on Avenue C. And you could walk uh, literally like, around the corner and put your money in a bucket and go up and come down. Yeah, yeah, it'll go up. But but so the so we were playing and they didn't like it. It was like three o'clock in the morning. The people upstairs, there was holes between the store the floors, right? Like it was a really rundown building, and they were pouring water down and and. Chris was naked and he just started dancing in the with the water pouring down. <laughs> and we Aww. all, you know, we all wanted him to be a part of the band truly and all the way. We the next morning said, Chris, you probably shouldn't do heroin. <laughs> you know, it's really he, not true. Because he could have gotten electrocuted. <laughs> he was playing guitar and dancing in water. Like that's dangerous. Heroin's okay. not dangerous, but that's dangerous. It's too bad there weren't cell phones back then. Oh, floor was, the floor was covered with water because the toilet had overflowed. Gigi Allen played that place, too, and then he went out in the middle of the street and acted like he was going to kill himself, but then he didn't. No, like he, yeah. He did that he, a lot. Didn't he do that a lot? What was his yeah, deal? He, like he, he said he was going to do it at a Halloween show, and then he didn't, and so people kept pestering him. Well, he walked it. out in the middle of the street <laughs> He walked down the middle of the street and, you know, it's like, you know, it's like Avenue C. So people are, you know, or no, it's like, yeah. And people hair. are going up and down and he's like jumping in front of cars and bouncing off of cars. And it's part of the show and whatever. And we stood out there for like 20 minutes. It's like, all right, enough. This is kind of boring. And I just walked back inside and then he came back inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, his thing was he was going to commit suicide during a live performance on stage. Yeah, right. so that that every thing. time he played, somebody thought it was everybody thought it was going to be that gig. Kill but that yourself. went on. That went on for years, I believe. He was. He was. No, he was so, such a sad case of mental health. Well, he sure sings that uh, that uh, Warren Zevon song. Good. That's probably the best version of that song. You know, he did. He had a. He had a few good songs. There were a couple of songs he did with acoustic that aren't coming to my head right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The, on the on the on the, it's the song about I'm strung out on heroin on the outskirts of town. That's a Warren Zevon song. Ah, see, I'm, what is I'm, it? What's I'm, the name of it? I only Mike? know um, Werewolves of London. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, that's that's what's so surprising you know. is that. Well, he wrote Lawyers, Guns, and Money, too. Well, but oh, The yeah. Outskirts okay. of Town, what is that song? Rosalia, whatever. The, it was the girl's name. And uh, she, she's all strung out on heroin on the outskirts of town. That's a Warren Zevon song. And, and Gigi Allen did a greatest version, him and his brother, of that. Merle was a really nice guy. Yeah, super nice. And always caretaking. I guess he's curating his brother's history. Is that the deal? I don't know. Yeah, he he's he's uh I 
he dropped me as a Facebook friend, Merle did, because I don't buy stuff. Right. It's like well, you got to cleanse. Through. You got to cleanse. Chuck, well, yeah. Let's face it. You got to cleanse all the tight wads, <laughs> all the hangers on the tight wads. You got to cleanse them. Only the people that pay. Uh, that, yeah, that's I a, mean, the blue check. The blue check. You either pay yeah, or get out. Goes, get out. It's one of those things where he was just he he was selling all he's selling all sorts of old tour things, but he's also tries to keep like make the murder junkies relevant and he still tour the murder junkies and he makes clothes but a lot of it is Gigi and outskirts of life i think is the song you're thinking of have you ever seen them live they're fucking amazing without Gigi allen without Hell, Gigi yes, allen? they're so good it's great well chuck well there's the first time hey you guys are not on the same page here chuck just said it's boring oh fuck <laughs> no <it>. i i <laughs> haven't seen i haven't seen them i haven't oh, seen them i thought junkies. you were saying they were boring i no, mean can I, you Okay, that'd be like uh, like I was oh uh they're doing this Bowie tribute. Probably you're probably at Long Beach, Mike. So they're doing a Bowie tribute with Peter Murphy playing David Bowie. Do you know about this? No, uh, no. And so Peter I Peter Murphy it up. doing Bowie? Peter be- Murphy's doing all Bowie songs. And it's like it's like Adrian Ballou and like a bunch of people playing. It's like some 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 summer tour they do Bowie. They've done it since 2017. So I was, I thought that's interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing Peter Murphy sing like eight or ten Bowie songs because I don't like singing him, seeing him sing his solo record songs. So that might be the gig. <laughs> that might be the gig for me. My friend Dave said, "Hey, you want to go see Peter Murphy having fun?" And I said, "Sure." This one I lived in Beechwood before Sid was born. And he goes, "Okay, let's go eat beforehand." And I said, "No, thanks. Why don't we just meet at the gig?" And he goes. I'm by myself. And I said, that's all fine. I'll be by myself. It's fine. You be there. I'll be I'll meet there. <laughs> yeah. People, people don't like going places by themselves. I love it. Cause you I, can leave if you want, you get attached to nothing. You can just get in and out. So this one, you know, this is what I love FM set list. So I look at the Peter Murphy tour. I look at the songs they played last night in San Jose and I go, Hmm. Doesn't play songs I want to hear until about 45 minutes in. So then I text Wiley, who's the stage manager of Fonda, what times he go on? He says, 9.15. <laughs> I go, perfect. I text I'll my friend Dave. I'll be there. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm there for the 20 minutes that he does Telegram Sam, Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> And the, mm-hmm. a couple of songs that I liked, you know, it's one solo song that he did the last song and then the encore. So I'm sitting there and then he's going to do a second encore. And I said, I got to go. And, um, and he's like, oh, I thought we were going to go eat. I was like, no, 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 we can eat, eat at home. We can eat. We don't need to eat. God How come damn, people want to eat all the time? <laughs> no, we shared this wonderful 20 minutes of fucking eight awesome Peter Murphy songs. And now we're done. We're going home. It's perfect. I did yeah. the same thing. The same thing with public image. Like you got to see the beginning with him because he opens with public image theme. Yeah. Uh, right. And yeah, then. But- you got to stay for some of the metal box stuff and then you're free to go. The road rides with you and then you go. He, um, he's playing at the Grove of Anaheim. If people uh, were smart. In May. I've got if, a surprise for you, Bob. What? Elvis Costello? No, Ohana Fest. Oh, who's playing? Father John Misty. Oh, my God. 
Uh, and when is that? When is that coming? Is that boy? They have them every six months, don't they? When is the no, new one? It's coming up like I forget September or something like that. Oh, that's what it's no, usually is. Um, or, I mean, I, I thought you were, no, sure were going to say. I thought you were going to say Neil Young. Not that Father Young is my favorite artist. Neil Young, you see Neil. Well, Young. when you build it up that much, it's got to be like Neil Young. Hey, did you hear the greatest <laughs> thing ever? These, so you know, no, I'm bands. not. I'm not saying that the older people oh it's starting to rain i can hear it yeah the, that the older people don't can't connect the dots i'm not saying that joe biden can't connect the dots i'm not saying that i'm not saying that just i'm just saying sometimes <laughs> it takes time for people to connect the dots when you get older so the rolling stones lost their bass player years ago and then they just recently lost their drummer Immediately, I thought they should get Ringo, right? Like, and then I thought, oh my God, Ringo and Paul McCartney. I thought this uh, like six months ago, eight months ago, when Charlie Watts died. I was like, wouldn't it be cool? Because they had some shows they had to do, and then they were going to use Steve Jordan, who's a friend of a friend of mine. I was hearing, yeah, Steve Jordan's going to finish out the last leg of the tour or whatever. But I was thinking, like, they should get Paul McCartney and John Le and, uh, and, that and, and that Ringo Starr. That means four separate jets. <laughs> no, so they're doing it. No, look, Google it. They're doing it. They're doing it. Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards are doing it. Oh my I think God, it's probably cool. only a one-time gig, I hope but they're doing it. I called great. it like eight months ago when Charlie Watts died. I was like, who's, who's another drummer like Charlie Watts? Ringo Starr. He's still alive. He's mm. amazing. They're doing it. Wow. Isn't that cool? Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Dude, you could go, like, what would the ticket price be for that concert? $2,000 face value? <laughs> well, since people are seeing that Rolling Stones can die and not just in the 60s, you know, yeah. it's, 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 they are. But I they mean, are, how cool is that? So, so obviously, you're going to have Mick Jagger sing some uh, Stone songs. And those guys are just going to be the rhythm section with Ron Wood, obviously. And then Paul McCartney sings and they do Beatles songs. How fucking crazy is that? That would be pretty yeah. freaking cool. Not only I that, but the, but the two bands that were in I'm competition forever. What, you, you're not buying, you're not buying it? it? No. Are you Googling it? Google it. No, I, I, I don't know, but I don't, I don't, I'm not buying it. I, I think it's you don't, it. You don't want to go? Think it's a, I wouldn't see go. I think it was, you wouldn't go. I, I'd go to the ends of the earth even more than for Led Zeppelin. When Led Zeppelin was playing that one-time show, everybody I know went and sent somebody, a friend of mine, a very kind person, said, I'll pay for your airline flight. And I was like, yeah, but I want to bug everybody for tickets and a place to stay. And so I didn't, I could have weaseled my way, as Pete Weiss says, to go see the <laughs> Rolling Stones in London. Well, he yeah. says I'm a weasel. I am kind of a weasel. Whatever. <laughs> But, I'd rather go see something yeah, new. But I, I'm, I'm not but, above but here's the thing: if it's a that, big deal. So I just felt like Led Zeppelin was time and place. I didn't think it was going to be that great. And Robert Plant obviously felt it wasn't that great because he never will do it again. So I didn't want to go see Led Zeppelin because I saw Led Zeppelin in 1977. It was one of the most mind-blowing things of all time. And it would just be too weird. And it was too much of a hassle. And I was pathetic. And I didn't want to weasel. So it's 20 years later. I could afford, especially if it's somewhere in the United States, which I'm figuring that if they're going to do it, they'll play in New York. Don't you think? They all live there. 
Hmm. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? Ringo, Paul McCartney, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger? Google it. Um, they re- they're recording together, and then obviously they're going to play. Obviously. There's, like, imagine they play Madison Square Garden. They could make $10 million for benefit. They could do it for a benefit for, you know, pediatric cancer. You know, they could. That, that's amazing. A one-time gig of the Rolling Stones and Beatles. That's so it amazing. says in the NME, it says Rolling Stones reportedly collaborating with McCartney and Ringo Starr on upcoming album. On, upcoming on an album? album. They're going to make an album? Mike, how are they not going to play a concert if they make an album? Yeah, I don't, know. I'm, I don't think they're not going to tour. They're going to play one concert, like at Hyde Park or at Madison Square Garden. You know, I, like, yeah, I would think Hyde yeah. Park or something like that. They would do something. In, they're they're for they're all Londoners, you know. You so to be, Mike, Mike, you wouldn't go to the you wouldn't go all no, out. I could really care less to tell you the truth. I'd rather oh. go see something else. I'd rather go see like first aid kid or Igor or some fucking I'm something new. I kind of, I'm in I mean, you know, I, I'm just not into either band that much anymore. <laughs> wow. For those that's, at that's home, weird. for those at home, Mike Mart, Mike Mart just said, I'm not really into the Beatles and Rolling Stones anymore. We basically live, we live, Mike, Mike, you're my musical partner. We live <laughs> basing our lives on trying to emulate those guys for fucking 20 years. Yeah. You can't just deny your past. You cannot. I I thought I was John Lennon. You thought you were Keith Richards and we were no, in a band I together. I never thought I was Keith Richards. I just <laughs> fucking played guitar and somebody said I look like him and whatever. I never played like Keith Richards. I never Who's tried that? to be like Keith Richards. What? Never. <laughs> and you know, you know, you know that what that what from Chuck was truthful. That was <laughs> that was disbelief right there, Mike, of what you just said. I never did any of that. I, didn't I just say played Boy George. Song. I said John Lennon. <laughs> and John Lennon, or if, whoever you yeah, whoever you have, but I'm not that I didn't really I just was so stoned. I just played whatever I played, you know. I didn't really try to play like anybody. Hmm. Well, it, look like anybody. Okay, but okay to pivot onto something. Guess who's producing <laughs> that record? Who with, is Andrew Who? Watt? No, you're kidding me. There is nothing his hands that aren't kid in. can't do. Oh my god! I, oh my god! Oh my god! The and they're doing it in London. Is that the guy from Pearl Jam? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! What if Klinghoffer's playing keyboards? Oh my oh God! My oh God. my God! And and McCart- <laughs> McCartney said about Watt, he's very interesting. We've had some fun. Oh my God! Oh well, my what, God! That guy. Yeah. How? Right when I think he can't do anything more, because he showed up. You know, well, on that the just Aussie makes track. it a little bit more interesting for me. That's that's actually kind of that's really cool. Right? Which is good because maybe his record will get released because the bonfire of the teen bonfire of teenagers isn't being released again. Still, I thought you could get it. I think it's around. But I mean, I've heard I've heard some of it. Columbia is taking it hostage. No, they don't own it. Nobody Capital. owns it, I thought. Capital. Capital. Capital yeah, does. but I thought they didn't want to deal with it because of that song. Right. Which, so they're just which they're right. holding on to it. You know what? You know what? When we were kids, 
or what I was taught is like, you know, overly conservative religious people want to burn books, ban books. When they burn the Beatles records, because John Lennon said we're bigger than Jesus Christ. Um, uh, that was all conservative people, kind of religious, fanatical people. Now it's like well-educated liberals want to ban books. <laughs> it's like crazy. Isn't it kind of crazy? There's a documentary out. You guys, I'm not, I kid you not. There is, like I grew up in Palm Desert and it, it, the desert is a racist, just like every part of America. It's all racially segregated. It's racist. But the, the each each kind of community empowered themselves in the desert. It was this weird, cool thing. So Jews weren't allowed at the major country clubs, Indian Wells, um, Bermuda Dunes, La Quinta, all the famous country clubs. So a group of Jewish actors, the Marx Brothers, um, uh, Georgie Jessel, some other people, bought some land and made their own country club called Tamarisk. It was a Jewish where Jewish people were welcome to buy homes and 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 be members of a golf club. This is in the 50s or 40s. Wow. Right? So the black community did the same thing in East Palm Springs. It's this thing called Callaway. Like I've always known that it's there. It's really nice homes and whatever. And it's it was a it was like the black area of Palm Springs. So years ago. They built these trees along the, the black. Um, it's not like it's not like a, a, a housing project. It's beautiful homes, just like Tamarith, just like where I grew up in Indian Wells. It's just the same kind of desert homes, right? But they built these trees along the along the golf course and the housing track, right? And they kind of to block, yeah, to block it. it so was I a guess wall. the well, have you heard about it? It's called Callaway or Cali. I remember that. I remember that long line of trees. Okay. There's a (laughs) documentary now called Racist Trees. It's about how the trees, (laughs) how the trees represent institutional racism and that the city of Palm Springs, which is controlled by gay men, by the way, that's like of the city council is like four gay men, well, a gay woman. <laughs> it's 50s. like the most progressive city in Southern California. And they refuse to cut down the trees because it's they're beautiful or whatever. Yeah. And now they're being called by outsiders, by the way, from Los Angeles, racist. The city council of Palm Springs the most open-minded, wonderful, cool community is being called racist because they won't cut down some trees. We have entered into the twilight zone. Through the looking glass into the twilight zone. So we're with Alice in Wonderland and we go through the looking glass and we get in there and Rod Seiger is there and we're in the twilight zone. That's where we are. There's a documentary called Racist Trees. Oh God. You know, someone said that the other day I was, I was talking to them and they go, you know, twilight zone was a lot more fun when we were watching it and not living it. (laughs) 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 That is is on point because it just, maybe this is why, maybe this is the thing. Maybe this is why my grandparents seemed really old and they were ready to go. Maybe the world just changes enough where we're just like, you know what? It you just doesn't take, make sense you anymore. You can't take the I'm change ready to anymore. go. I've thought, yeah. I've thought of that. 
but but it's it's only changing in America. It's only changed. Well, people would argue there's conservatism all over the place in the Philippines and Eastern Europe. So life is complicated and we have to learn how to get along with people that we don't agree with, like being married and stuff like that. <laughs> you make it sound like it's hard. <laughs> so, so, I'm just going to say this. She never listens to this. I don't think Chrissy's ever listened to the podcast. Thank God. So she goes grocery shopping. She left at 525 and got home at seven, right? And I helped her with the bags and got them in, whatever. And I was like, where are my double shots? And she said, you didn't tell me you need double shots. I said, but, but you look in the fridge, there's no double shots. You should know that there's no double shots. And she's like, no, if you <laughs> no, want you double didn't. shots, you should text me knowing that I'm at the grocery store. Hey, get double shots. And I was like, no, I think you should know when you look at <laughs> the fridge. You didn't let it go? You couldn't let that go? I think you should know. They're right on the top, on the left. This is, this is the same guy? There. That's the same guy with the velvet rope. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about so letting you in tonight. I said, okay. So I pouted like a fucking two-year-old. I said, okay, okay, I got to do a podcast at 7.30, and I need double shot, so I'm just going to go get it myself. <laughs> and I, drove, I swear to God, just to show how petty I am, I drove so fucking fast to Stater Brothers over in town. I went through the red light at our cross street. I just hauled ass because I wanted to get there, get the double shots, and get back within five minutes ago. Yeah, five minutes for me. It takes five minutes for me to go to the grocery store. <laughs> so as I'm leaving, Sid goes, where are you going? I said, to get double shots. And she goes, have fun. <laughs> kind of threw me off. Like, don't say have fun. Mama forgot my double shots. <laughs> I refuse to enjoy you this know, there's drive. There's a great restaurant I want to try in Claremont called The Quarter, which is Creole um, food. It's in like, downtown Claremont? Yeah, in Old Town. Yeah, it's supposed oh, okay. to be really good. Well, I think Ellen's going to have some concerts coming up in spring, so maybe come out here and we'll Claremont's go Claremont's kind of booming, you know that. I, I live here. Are you kidding me? It's booming with some drug overdoses, too, by the way. I oh, spoke no. with the uh, mayor pro tem the other day. Yeah. Um, no, there's like, here's the thing. As long as we're a society that's going to blame other people for someone else's drug problem, for our children's drug problem, we're never going to get to the bottom of it. So a lot of it, how it grew um, from, say, Chrissy's generation to now, and now they're finally dealing with it, um, is before, earlier, they were like, oh, they got involved with the wrong people. You know, you heard that. And mm -hmm. there was a suggestion, this racially, economically <clears throat> divisive. Well, you know, she started hanging out in downtown Pomona, downtown, oh. you know, down by the glass house. You know, what's down mm -hmm. there. Not people mm -hmm. from Claremont, not people from Claremont. But if you're a kid from Claremont and you want dope, you got to go to downtown Pomona to the glass house and around that area. You got to like meet some people and shake it up. And you're mm. loving music and you get pot. This is pot in the 80s when she was going down there. And the, and the idea being, it was always blamed on Pomona, any kind of drug problems in Claremont. They're finally not doing that. This, just this last two, three years. It's like, hey, this is a problem in Claremont. This is not a problem in Pomona. This is a problem in Claremont. Kids are dying in Claremont. Yeah. Kids are getting arrested for dealing fentanyl in Claremont. Kids, kids, you guys, like 14, 14, Mike, 
How old's uh, your youngest? How old's your youngest? 14. 14. That's what I thought. Was, was that 14 the year old? 14 year old got arrested for dealing fentanyl at the middle school. Oh, I, I just read a thing where a 14 year old was arrested because the person she sold to died and she had 775 pills and is looking at oh. like a 20 year sentence at 14 and that they try it as an adult. God, I, where was that? Oh, where is and that? I was just like, oh my God, this is. This is it's crazy. So great news. Positive news is the city is waking up. The people are waking up. People talk to me a little bit in, you know, when I see it, you know, at farmer's market, they'll say, Hey, you know, I wanted to talk to you about our daughter or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So you're just starting to see a more enlightened thing. And I think it's because it's so everywhere and it's so devastating and and it's so frightening to parents that you can no longer blame it on Pomona. You just can't. It doesn't matter if you can. Your kid's going to die. Yeah. Right. And so hopefully we can get the message out. I think that, I think the same, doesn't Huntington Beach blame, uh, you know, Westminster? Isn't that the thing that, uh, you know, that's a common Santa thing. Or Garden Grove, Santa Ana. No, well, Santa, Santa Ana gets blamed. Blame, blame. Santa Ana gets blamed for everything in Orange County. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> duh. <laughs> duh. Poor Santa Ana. Santa Ana's been blamed forever. <laughs> Do you know that the five freeway, when I was a kid, it was called the Santa Ana Freeway. You were going to Santa Ana. That's why they built the freeway. Now it's I think just it like still is. any drugs in, in Newport, Costa Mesa, Laguna, Huntington, Westminster, Garden Grove, you know, Buena, Buena Park, you can blame like, oh, yeah, well, they're going over to Santa Ana, you know. And Santa Ana. Now I think they blame it on. I, I think I think I think Huntington Beach gets blamed for a lot of stuff when it you know it's just it, it's okay. It, is it's, Huntington Beach is Huntington Beach getting blamed now? Oh, we we know the people we we know Mom, they got a rehab right on Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about Chuck, Chuck works there? <laughs> How about this? You can go back to John Fonte days, and they were blaming Long Beach. Like Long oh, Beach yeah. has been a drug haven because it's a port since the forties. Oh yeah, it used to be a sailor mm -hmm. town, man. We were—I was with a friend today. We were just talking about the bars and all the strip joints. Yeah, and, stuff. and the We're zoot suitors. Zoot suitors were in Long Beach. Kind of the race wars were based in Long Beach and and along up the oh, up yeah, the man. yeah. Long Beach has always been a bad place, but. Huntington Beach has always been a pristine bedroom community. I cannot believe well, there are drugs there. Long Beach is a lot older, you know. Yeah, but Santa Ana, yeah. So, so let's hope that everyone's becoming enlightened one way or another. That it's not somebody else's fault that your kid's on drugs. Your kid's just on drugs. You can deal with it. You can handle it. There's lots of people all around yeah. to help. People in twelve-step community. Mm -hmm. People in rehab. Psychologists. Psychiatrists. Call the back of your insurance card. Get educated, find out shit. Don't you believe know that, tough love. Don't believe that tough is the love. best. That is the best advice ever. If you have insurance, you have there's a phone number on the back of the card. Call that number, ask them where you need to go. 
Those are the places that are in yeah. network and it'll and they'll find a place near you. Go there. There's no nobody has the magic people bullet. Say, people say they don't know where to turn. It's because of false pride. You don't want anybody to know. It's hard to get help when you don't want anybody to know. You got to get over that. Your kids mm -hmm. on drugs. Not that big of a deal. Everybody's kids are on drugs. Everybody. Right? <laughs> well, wouldn't you be if you grew up in this time? <laughs> <laughs> we were. And look at how life our good was. Our, our life was our so life was good. so fucking good. And we were on drugs, <laughs> wine and chips on our shoulder. Look at all the Mike great Mark, music. All the no places. Way. Mike Martin, no way. He didn't even know who Keith Richards was. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I, ding, 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 ding. I, I just didn't try to play or act. But, or Mike, why were like we him. so miserable on drugs? Your dad was great. I met your dad. I mean, he was, I wouldn't want him for a dad, but I, I mean, he was miserable. great. I was happy as go lucky the whole fucking time. What are you talking about? Show me a film. There's no film. It said, look at <laughs> the first time. First time I met Mike's dad, he was taking a Volkswagen engine out of a car right on PCH. I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, isn't it bad? Like, couldn't you get hit by a car here or something? Nah, I just mm. drop it down to the ground, fucking pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, Chuck, right when cars are, you know, cars go fast on PCH. Yes, like, they do. Just, <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, got the thing jacked up and they're taking the fucking Volkswagen engine off right on PCH. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wow, this is. This is, this is Mike Mart. This is where Mike Mart comes from. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still messing with Volkswagen engines. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm rebuilding my van. Yep. That's cool. But can't, yeah, they're easy, right? It's just like six bolts and you just pull the whole thing off. You can get an engine out of a Volkswagen in probably 20 minutes. Yeah. A lot. Right. Well, by yourself. <laughs> well, here's the Not dilemma me. that we all, we all need to revisit this question on the next podcast. Why were we so miserable when things were so great and now things are so fucked and we're kind of happy? What the I fuck look is pretty wrong happy. with like, us? You know that, that <laughs> video of us in the store, Bob, where we're up in, I forget where we're at, the record store. It's in Bob and the Monster, a little clip. Yeah, of it, yeah. There's a whole actual thing that I have of it. I look pretty happy. <laughs> With that towel <laughs> around my head, and Cheerio shirt on, and just rocking. You, of course, you guys didn't look too happy <laughs> that I was having such a good time. But there were times when I was like, you know, I'll, I'll say this: Thornius Monster's problem was I'm not a good band leader, and I wouldn't relinquish that control to Pete, and I probably should have because he's more. I don't know. He can get paid. He, you know, but it was constantly me fighting because I'm the singer. I'm in charge. And it was, that's all. I don't regret anything, but I just wished yeah. I would have like looked at that a little bit differently because it was so much headache for me. If I'm going to get paid and I'm going to do everything and I'm going to decide everything, what a fucking headache. Then everyone hates you anyways. I should have just deferred to Pete. And then it would have crashed and burned just like it did anyways. And then we could blame Pete instead of me. Yeah. Right, it would have been the smarter <laughs> move. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have changed the thing. <laughs> I think it all went down perfect, like a perfect just, storm. For some reason, I just have this image of Mike so sad walking away from that rehearsal space on Melrose after we fired him for drugs, Chuck. And I think yeah. that was probably one of the luckiest days of his life. And he was so sad. <laughs> I don't remember it at all. You know, no. that's fantastic. You remember your American flag jacket? Yes. Yeah, you were walking in that home. 
I was probably just Aww. thinking about like, how am I going to get home now that I don't have a ride from Bob? No, you were around the corner. <laughs> Remember, it was at Hoover and Melrose, and you lived around the corner, up the hill, and around the corner. Whoop, oh, with, with who? Susie. With Susie at that place with the lawn in front of it. You walked home from when we fired you. You know, I don't remember a firing. I remember all of a sudden I'm not going. I'm not being invited to the gigs. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that a okay surefire hint that you're fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so who did we get i can't remember who we got so we tony stayed in the band and then who who replaced you chris hansen came back or i don't know what happened but i do remember that day like it's just too much mike it is too much I and i feel i felt bad about it because you were kind of okay and you were like walking you know going up the street and i was like well if you get your shit together i remember like if you get your shit together because uh it was sad but it actually was a great day for mike because then he hit bottom and then he got sober and now he'll always have more time than me and how he'll always you owe you for I'm his not sure how that chronologically works but i guess i'll just how agree. long how long <laughs> are, you sober? are you 30 years sober 30 years sober if you can i'll be 27 wow. i'll be 27 years sober in 17 days god willing the people on this podcast and that old John, I'm a real alcoholic and I didn't hear what I needed to hear today, which is I'm tore up from the floor up. And if I don't, if I don't replace it with a spiritual experience, I'm going to drink, goddammit. <laughs> good night, everybody. Hello, good night. Don't die. <laughs> see you later. Good to see you guys again. Take care. Yeah.